Hello and welcome to another episode of Invisible Not Broken. And today we're going to have a, um, we were just talking about how we we're going to introduce this because it's a little controversial. A little. Just a little. It just, you know, how much we shy away from controversy <laughs> exactly. here on this show. Um, we're going to be talking about people who fake disabilities. So if you are easily angered or annoyed, or hey, listen anyway. <laughs> be annoyed. Yeah. So the first thing we're going to talk about is the reasons why people do it. We're going to start with, you know, what would what would cause someone to want to fake having a disability? I mean, having a disability sucks. Why would you want to fake having a disability? And, and just to be clear, um, this is our opinions. Definitely. <laughs> we have never faked disability. Jesus. We very much live in a very real disability. So this is just our perspective. If you fake disability and you feel like you have a really good reason for it or you want us to look at a different perspective... Hey, we are so up for that. We would yeah. love to hear from you, and we will do our best to... We're nice, friendly people, I promise, no matter how we come across. <laughs> I swear. You, not me. Okay, I am a nice person. <laughs> Cure us, not so much. Wait, no, no, I'm not the other way around. <laughs> I'm okay. a nice person. You're I'm not an evil nice. bitch, and Kiros is nice. Um, email Kiros all of your questions and discussions. Wait, wait, email wait, him. Ah! Um, but okay. this is basically just our opinions, and... There are some reasons that have come up in the news lately. Yeah, they've been in the news, and some things I've, I've seen myself, and some things that, as a person with a disability, I've ran into the after effects of that, which we'll get to that on on down. Well, let's hit the most popular one, which was Disneyland, and yeah. that went through like all the news sources. Probably about what was it, um, like two years ago, three years ago? Yeah, I totally missed that. And How then, did you miss that? You're I, actually I, the one who goes to Disneyland. I do go to Disneyland, and I missed the the news about it. So this last time, when I went down with my kid and and um, I guess his boyfriend, um, we'll have a whole other show. Yeah, on that that's one. a whole different show. Um, <laughs> uh, we went to Disneyland, and I had to get a scooter because I that's more walking than I can do in a day with my feet and my knee. I I, I tried to do it one day, and I regretted it so much, but. Typically, when you're in a, you know, one of their mobile scooters, they let you kind of bypass the line to go up and get on and help, you know, help you get on and off quicker and all this. They have widened the lines now so that when you're on a scooter, you go through the line, which made for some very interesting, um, there's some turns that are really, really hard to make when you're on one of those scooters. Okay, so the thing is, is that this used to be Disneyland, and Disneyland does do a really good job with a lot of disabilities. My, um... My friend has a, a brother who has special needs, and they've been amazing with them. They used to be more amazing until, if you remember this news story, people were actually hiring disabled people to take them and their kids to Disneyland so that they would be able to skip the lines. Because it used to be that if you were disabled, you would not have to right. go in the lines. So there was faking or, of disabilities or hiring um, disabled people to come with them and really abusing the system. Yeah, because they would just, I mean, for the cost of renting a, a scooter for the day, you could pass all the lines. Yeah. Which is, I like, I don't know what the answer to that one is from Disney, but we're just talking about reasons why people do this. And some of it are things just as simple as, I want to go to Disneyland and not have to stand in line. Yeah. So that's a problem because before you could skip the line, and for people who have heart issues, even being in a scooter in line in the heat is enough to to make them fall. So when yeah. people take advantage of these things, it's not it's not a no one's hurt thing. Right. This actually makes it so that for people with heart issues, they can't go to Disneyland. They can't do things like that because some people ruined it. And that's one of the reasons we want to talk about this topic is because 
people think that, oh, faking a disability is harmless. It doesn't hurt anybody. But it we're, we'll get into more later, but it does actually hurt people. It does cause problems for people. Um, so the reasons I had, uh, when I was doing research on this, things I came across were they either want special treatment or get around rules, i.e. the Disneyland thing. Um, they're, they can be jealous of the benefits that they think that someone who's disabled has, like, you know, better parking and stuff like this. I, <laughs> calling things like this benefits just, like, makes me want to hit my head against, like, my palm until I go unconscious. Like, these aren't benefits. These are the only way we can do anything by ourselves. Yeah. Like, if you're looking, like, okay, so the shopping center right near my house, where I get most of my groceries, <clears throat> Right where you would actually park to get into the the stores, mm-hmm. there is not a single handicapped spot. None. What? Why? You actually have to park into the back lot, and that's where the handicapped spots are, and you have to use your wheelchair in the parking lot, which means, <laughs> just think about this one for a moment. If I'm in my wheelchair, I am as short as, you know, a little kid. So people backing up, it's incredibly dangerous for me to take my wheelchair through a parking lot behind cars. Oh, yeah. It's, it's definitely a problem. And they don't have any um, handicap spaces. So we're talking about a perceived benefit of having a handicap space there. That's life-saving for me. That's not a benefit. That's keeping me alive while doing my grocery shopping. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, th- that, that bugs me. But I guess, you know, for some people are like, oh, look, there's an empty parking space that no one's using. Or bathrooms. Oh, yeah. I mean, okay, so you're lucky you're a guy the bathroom lines are probably much easier for men. Typically, yeah. Yeah. Mm. Um, but for women, the lines go forever and they're very long. Mm-hmm. And people get really upset that there might be a handicapped bathroom and they'll take that one, which means that I might have to wait way longer. Yeah. Like These are not set up to be um, for convenience for others. This is so that we can actually be out in the world and still manage. Yeah, and um, one of the other things that we've actually talked about before on this podcast um, is people that, you know, go out and they order, oh, I need something gluten-free, I need something this or that or the other, because they don't like it. And rather than just say, oh, I don't like this, they say, oh, I have an allergy, which then when someone like me who does have an allergy goes out there, they kind of, oh, yeah, uh uh-huh. Yeah, it does definitely make people take them less seriously and... That's a huge issue and can be life-threatening. Like, yeah. You know, one of my friends has a little girl who's allergic to everything, and I mean anaphylactic allergic. And yeah. because some kids didn't understand that food allergies can actually be fatal, mm-hmm. and these are little kids, like five, six, seven, and they thought they'd test it and offer oh, a peanut butter sandwich when the teacher wasn't looking. Like, But the problem is, is we don't we don't get that seriousness when everyone talks about things like, milk allergies that don't really have a milk allergy or, you know, everyone's going gluten free and the celiac people are like, um, no, this actually is a real Real thing. thing. Yeah. And it's, you know, like I, I've shared this story once before where I went to out to eat and I ordered a hamburger. They brought me a cheeseburger and I said, no, I told you in advance, I can't have dairy. And they took it back and they scraped the cheese off thinking that was going to be okay. Yeah. That's, um, and it's like, you know, I didn't say I didn't like it. <laughs> I said, this is going to make me sick if I have it. It also goes into, like, people's judgment on people who have food issues or intolerances or just, like, dietary stuff where you yeah. heard that story of the 
person who worked in a movie theater and someone I ordered a Diet Coke and they're like, oh, fuck that person mm-hmm. and their skinny issues and gave them a regular Coke. And I'm like, diabetics everywhere just freaked the fuck out. Right. Because someone just made an assumption on something and we're going off topic. But Yeah, no, it's fine. <laughs> what um, else is new? It's yeah. usually my fault. I, I, I have a nice outline here. <laughs> Monica never follows it. I mean, I, I put uh, so much time and effort into so making... It's so pretty, and I will post it <laughs> so that everyone can just marvel at the incredible OCD detailness of this beautiful document that I've vastly ignored. So I will be surprising, <laughs> and I will get us back on track. I will actually try. Um, and because so, this next one is directly affecting my fucking life yeah. and my ability to move in the world, and I'm so angry about it, and one of the big reasons that people have talked about um the opioid epidemic is people faking pain and or faking illness to get painkillers now i don't know how much of a problem that really is did you uh, i couldn't find any statistics on it because they they lump everything together see of... like i'm not sure how many people actually would do this and i know that pain is so undertreated and that was actually what led to a lot of the rise of the opioid epidemic was that pain, chronic pain had been treated for so long as suck it up, deal with it. There's nothing we can do. And then opioids were seen as like, oh, well, we can actually get people functioning again. And it went a little off the rails in some ways. But for chronic pain patients who are in pain every day, it, it, this is not something easy to unpack. Yeah. I only have anecdotal evidence about this, which was my aunt her husband had a chronic pain issue, but was seeing five different doctors and getting pain meds from all of them and then selling all the extras to people who wanted to just abuse it. Okay, see, that... <laughs> That's what I said. That's that only shit anecdote. pisses me off because that puts all these new laws in and I already have so much trouble just getting my meds. And like I said, that's only anecdotal. I don't, I don't <laughs> have any statistics to back that up. That is just anecdotal from something I know happened with someone in my family. I still don't understand people doing this stuff for fun. I don't. I don't either. Like, if anyone can explain this to me, please. I I would love to hear it is misery. But it drug-seeking behavior like that, like selling pills, all of that, anyone doing things like this, it's not a victimless crime. I mean, this is what we are fighting for so hard is to be able to just get our medication to function. Right. So. Although, you know, like with the medical marijuana thing. Yeah. Which is hilarious to me. For the record, I mean, if you marijuana to get high, cheers, whatever, I really could care. What I had an issue with a little bit um, was that with medical marijuana was only legal in California. Mm-hmm. It was not recreational plus medical. And there were so many people who who went and got <sighs> their, their cards because they had anxiety or they had this other, just because they wanted to get high. And, you know, I get that. And it never should have been illegal. I agree. It never should have been illegal. And I'm not, like, sitting in judgment. What I will say is it did make it a lot harder for me to get my medication because it, it, it just became more difficult. And there's a lot of behaviors that people were exhibiting, like smoking pot on the street, not with a vape pen, regular joint. And I'm standing there with my 10-year-old who now needs Cheetos and ice cream and Twinkies after standing behind someone like this. Like, there's just like a basic level of etiquette that has to happen in order for everyone to be able to get their medication. Mm-hmm. Um, so moving into our next piece of this is how do they, how do people cheat the system? How do people fake disability? Oh, you didn't want to go on the flight one? Mm, 
I'll cover that when we get back around to something else. Just for the record, I'm going to write this down. I am not the one going off topic this time. No, I'm skipping Yay. something to get on <laughs> that I'll come back to later. Oh, this makes me so happy. Yes. Bite me. Mm. <laughs> so, um, ways that people do it, like borrowing somebody else's uh, disabled tags, the little hangers. Oh, oh you and just I, wanted to get my heart rate up on that one. Yeah, well. Yeah, I've known a lot of people that, oh, it's my grandma's. Well, where's your grandma? Uh, she died two years ago. Yeah, please. If you are doing this, if you take someone's disabled tags and you are not specifically driving them somewhere, they're not in the car, you are not picking them up, take a minute and just hear this. Please stop it. Knock it off. Like, there's very little I will ever judge someone on. I, I use your one opportunity just to move past, like, admit it, stop it, knock it off. This is not... Okay, no. I, taking disabled spots, I don't care if it's the only spot. I Even I don't take a disabled spot if I'm feeling okay. Like, I will avoid it, because, especially if it has the wide thing right next to it. So let's yeah. just discuss for just one second. Disabled spots, there's regular normal ones that are like any other parking space. Then there's the ones with those lines next to it with a whole big space. That is, if you are not in a wheelchair, you probably don't know this, but this specifically so, someone in a wheelchair can exit their car safely and come around to the side safely. Yeah. You may not take that spot. And if you are disabled and you don't have a wheelchair, if you aren't feeling really horrible, maybe you avoid that spot because it is so dangerous even to park in a regular handicapped spot with a wheelchair and get onto the curb. So growing up, I mentioned that my uncle had polio from, he got polio in the fifties. Yeah. Growing up, he had a van with a lift gate and that was the only, I mean, that was the only spot they could park to actually because you had, it was on the side. So you'd mm -hmm. open the side door of the van and the lift would come down and he would roll out on that and then you would lower him. It was a hydraulic lift. Yeah. So without that spot, he had no way out of the vehicle. Yep. So, I mean, it's not just safety. It's also for people like that. It's the only way they can actually get out of the vehicle. Oh yeah, absolutely. And this is dangerous if you are parking in um, in a regular spot and you have mobility aids and you're going behind cars to get to the spot. I, just knock it off if you're doing this. Please don't ever do that again. There's a, oh God, I'm going to forget which country it was, but this had become such an epic problem of people using those spaces that weren't disabled that they started pulling pranks with it. Where they would um, take the, it was a place that had mostly small cars and they would move the cars and like, <laughs> put them in different places. I'm, I am all for this, by the way. Like you, uh, This one just makes me furious. So the next two things we had on our list here were things we've actually kind of talked about, which is the claiming an allergy when it's actually a preference and faking an illness or pain to get drugs. We talked about those already. Mm -hmm. But the next one is one that's become also a big hot topic. There's been lots of articles about it which is people buying fake service animal vests or for fake service animal uh, certifications. There is no actual certification for um, service animals. If you get like a little diploma or, or a piece of paper, those are all just pretty much fake mills from everything I've been able to find. Okay, not necessarily. Um, you're talking about emotional support animals, right? Yes. Okay, service dogs, like for, like that are actually trained, mm -hmm. real service dogs, mm -hmm. there are... Um, that is official. I know it's official, but it, there's no, like, you don't have a piece of paper you carry around for it from everything I've been able to find. No, but there's a special vest. Right. There are, I mean, I'm not saying there aren't real vests for those, but you can buy fake vests on Amazon. Okay. That, that's like, safe service animal. Which is crazy. So there's, like, two separate kinds of animals, like, three? 
Three. Okay. We have a graphic. He does have a graphic. Oh my god, it's cute. So there are... So let's discuss the differences real quick. So there are service animals which are trained to do work or perform tasks for people with disabilities. They're covered under the ADA. Then there are emotional support animals which provide emotional well-being of... Oh, that's a bad sentence. Professional emotional well-being for people with disabilities. And that's covered under the Air Carrier Access Act and the Fair Housing Act. Then there are therapy animals. They're only trained to provide comfort to individuals in specific environments. And okay. there's no, there's only state and local laws for those. There's no federal law for that. Which is interesting. This, this gets really fascinating. And people who have these animals... Um, and we'll include the graphic that breaks down yeah. what each one's allowed um, to, to do. Because <laughs> a service animal is going to behave in a very specific way. It is trained from almost birth to behave in a certain way and you won't around earn- others. A true service animal, they would not... You can't just walk up and touch it. They, they, they're, you're supposed to leave them completely alone. If you try and touch someone's service animal, they'll tell you, please do not. Yeah. Whereas if you see one that's like jumping up and all this stuff, that's not a service animal because that does, has no training. And Yeah, so we're talking about that the service animals are allowed everywhere. You cannot be denied allowing a service dog into Correct. even a restaurant. or. Or any public place, really. And the people who, the store owners or the other people around are virtually guaranteed a safe experience. The dog is not going to bite someone, even if something happens. The dog is not going to pee on property, but emotional support dogs are not trained like that. And I mean, I have, we have to do a show eventually about service animals because (laughs) I, I don't necessarily disagree with like, with emotional service animals, I think they have an incredible place and they can be wonderful, but it's also asking a lot of the people around the businesses around. If you're, if you, huh, sorry, I did not mean you in particular. If someone is taking advantage of this and not, if everyone played nice, Mm -hmm. if everyone played the way they're supposed to be and you have an emotional service animal and you put it through all the training in the world that you absolutely know for a fact this animal is, is going to behave in a regular and predictable way and will be completely trained, then I don't know if any of us would have that big of an issue about people faking it. I mean, yeah. I want everyone to be able, I, I love my dogs. My dogs do not go everywhere with me because I can't guarantee their behavior. I, they're you not can't trained be, to hey, that you level. You can't guarantee their behavior here in the house. No, I can't. <laughs> <laughs> they try so hard, but if you ever see my furniture, you'll find like big jaw marks out of it, which is why there's no way I would take them. I come over all the time. <laughs> Kirk barks at me every time like I'm a stranger. Okay. Every time. So just a little context. I have this giant dire wolf of a dog <laughs> that I, he's a, a shepherd and if you've ever known a shepherd they are the most nervous creatures on the face of the earth up that that his person is very sick and oh he comes right over to Kira's to like nuzzle I'm going no I really do love you he's such a brat mm-hmm. uh, but that's what I'm dealing with is a very nervous nervous shepherd that I'm not going to necessarily bring into like a restaurant or on an airplane right um, and if people were using these things correctly, I don't know if, if it'd be so upsetting, but because people are not, it makes it incredibly complicated and difficult for those who actually have anxiety yes. or depression or someone who is blind and needs a service dog or hearing impaired and needs a service dog or has mobility issues. 
and needs a service dog. I mean, this has become a big issue in schools, that there are children who have disabilities that need to bring their service dogs to the school so they can get around the school like other people. And the schools are saying, no, they can't bring even service dogs. And this is becoming a case, I believe, in the Supreme Court in, wow. in California right now. Because there was a girl who I believe was imp- hearing, imp- no, uh, visually impaired. And the school district said that she should be comfortable with just having an aid the way she had always had. Now, that seems mildly reasonable when you consider that they have a lot of kids in the school that might be allergic to dogs or might have trauma around dogs, or would just be a distracting learning environment. I get all those reasons that people would say that she should be able to handle with everything with an aid. Her response was the best thing I'd ever seen, which was that that? she felt that it was creating a problem for her to have the aid to do things like going to the bathroom. Okay. Yeah, I can see that. That the dog allowed her an autonomy and a friend rather than someone who was a a watcher. Yeah, a watcher basically. And I was like, this is this is getting fascinating because you are talking about different levels of what should be. Yeah. What um, what steps we're going to take? Um, But the the responses, the very deeply negative responses, come a lot from people with. Fake dogs. Yeah. Not fake dogs. They're real dogs. Sorry. <laughs> fake <laughs> certifications. Fake, cer- fake certifications. Fake service dogs where people are seeing dogs with vests just pooing and peeing and like. And jumping. And, and barking yeah. and um, creating a disruption. So gaming the system is definitely an issue with this. And it's so easy to game the system. You did some research on that. Yeah. So there's, um, you can get fake certification certificates online. Certificates. Certification certificates. That's, <laughs> that's, blah, 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 blah. that's a little bit of a time. That's story. all folks. Um, you can per- purchase, like I said, fake service animal outfits on Amazon. Um, Thanks, Amazon. <laughs> one of the things that this allows people, one of the reasons people are doing this is it allows them to get around the no pets allowed rules on a lot of apartments so landlords you know if you have like uh, a dog or a cat mm-hmm. they charge you usually pet deposits if they allow them at all if they allow them at all but if you have a service animal or an emotional support animal they can't charge extra fees or a pet deposit which if you are a good pet person and you <laughs> train your animal correctly but if you don't that that could be thousands of dollars in damage yes um, and so, um, the, um, I have a link in here that we'll share that's about a document for landlords in Iowa regarding service animals. Um, also, another thing is you, it's, there was a, a, an article that talked about, uh, you get to be an instant VIP because support animals fly free instead of a normal $125 to $300 charge. And businesses don't have to allow support animals, but most businesses aren't aware of the difference between a support animal and a um, service animal. So there's that gray area where a business, you know, sees an animal that's with someone that they say is their service animal, but it might be a support animal and support animals can't go all the places service animals can, but businesses tend to err on the side of caution because they don't want a lawsuit. They don't want the negative publicity. A PR nightmare nightmare on social media. And there's Um, also questions you're not allowed to ask. Yes. And that changes state to state. Yes. Which is confusing. <laughs> See, this is this is the part that I was talking about before. That this was a direct quote from something. There are no papers, documents, certifications, vests, 
tags, or special IDs required for service dogs in the United States. Under federal law, disabled individuals accompanied by service dogs are allowed access to places selling goods and services of any kind, including places offering entertainment, lodging, and food. It's a direct quote. So there are no papers, documents, certifications, vests, or tags required. Yeah, and we were just talking about dogs, but the service animal, like, not, sorry, not service, but the emotional support animal seems to have a very broad range lately. I Peacock. Mean, the fuck, people! I, 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 hey, I, if it works for you, great. I mean, I have my bird. I would love that. You know, I, I, I function better with my bird around. But a peacock's rather big. Yeah, I mean, if we're talking about something that's going on an airplane, I mean, just for a second, like an emotional support snake, if I'm sitting next to that person, you are going to need a federal air marshal to, like, revive me. I, no. Please. Well, like, all that I loved my snakes when I had snakes. It's so scary they made a fucking movie about it, okay? <laughs> if there is a horror movie made about it, no. The answer is no. <sighs> But those are just some of the things that we, we were looking at, just based on people taking advantage of this and not doing it subtly. No, and there I have seen some cases where, you know, and the, the, one of the articles I stumbled on, and I, like I said, the links will be in on the, on the site, was a woman who actually fakes having a, an emotional support animal, and she takes it with her everywhere. And she used to show off, she said she used to show off the fake certification she got online. But people got to the point where they were questioning it because they knew that they were getting more educated on airlines and stuff. And they knew that you don't need this. So she's showing it. It made them question her more. Mm. Um, also, she used to let people pet her dog all the time. And, you know, people knew that, you know, uh, service dogs don't, you're not supposed to touch them. So she started denying people to pet her dog and, you know, having it just lay at her feet quietly so that she could better fake it. And it, the article was fascinating. And like I said, we'll include the link. But the links that she went to by watching what was causing people to be tipped off that she was faking. And so she got better and better at faking. You know you're training people on how to do this now. No, I think it's, <laughs> I, I, you know, the article actually takes her to task for the fact that, you know, don't you think what you're doing here is wrong? And she didn't feel that she was hurting anybody. And that's kind of what we're talking about is that it does hurt people because people who do have a legitimate need now, you know, can get refused because so many people are so guarded against it now because they've seen so many... Badly behaved service animals. Yeah, and people that are abusing the system because they, they think they can get by with something. Yeah, and most of what you're going to hear us talk about, like, if you just want to break this episode down into, like, 10 seconds, is please don't fake stuff because you're making it harder for all of us who have disabilities, and we're exhausted. We are fighting our bodies. The... Keebler elf in government and um, <laughs> uh, we're fighting and we're exhausted and when people fake being like us it makes it one more hurdle we have to yeah, crawl our little broken bodies over we're, we're not ending the episode right now I just no. want to like break this down because this is the theme of everything we're going to talk about is you are making our lives harder if you are faking being like us yes it, it's it's hard enough dealing with things but then when you have people that automatically assume you're faking it because they've ran into too many people that are faking it. It makes it harder to get the medicine you need. It makes it harder to get around in the world. It makes it harder to survive because the things we need to survive, you're faking it, or these people are faking it. So everybody questions us constantly. And it's, it, it's also pretty exhausting to constantly, when I go out, 
you know, I say I'm allergic to dairy. I need to make sure I'm not getting dairy. And I get that look that like, uh-huh. And it's like, no, really, I, I, I'm going to be very sick if you do this. You know, invisible illnesses suffer a lot from these things because you look at us and we look normal. I mean, well, well, normal, normal. We don't look sick. Like I don't look sick. Normal's a setting on the dryer. <laughs> um, yes, we, we both run very far away from normal. But I mean, if you looked at Kiris or I, especially like Kiris is big and tall, you would never like think of him as anything other than, "Hey, can you can you help me move?" Like you're awesome this is, and strong. This is not the first podcast she's actually said those very words. Yeah, on. yeah. Well, I, I'm I'm on the the best repeats right now. <laughs> but I mean, like when I went to Disneyland with my kid, you know, I, when I mistakenly thought that I could, you know, I was only going to be there for half a day, so I thought, "I'll oh, I'll walk for that half a day," and then. I got done and I took not one but two Vicodin to get back to the room because I hurt so bad I did not know how I was going to get back there because I was inside the park. I couldn't like call a cab or something like this to get me back to my room because we were staying off site. So I had to walk. There was no other way for me to get back there. And when I got back, I was in tears even with the two Vicodins. So I'm going to bring up something, and I'm going to get a soft topic again. Um, Tell Supreme. <laughs> so you're putting in a very interesting idea, and one of the things that um, I had the biggest trouble with was getting disability because I can't work. I really can't. And believe me, anytime I have two good days in a row, I start going, maybe I can go. He will absolutely vouch for this. So since your son's not listening to the podcast, I will relay this story. I actually think he might. Oh, okay. I'm not sure. I don't think he ever admitted it to my might. face. His friends don't listen, so he wouldn't <laughs> be embarrassed by it. His friends actually do. Damn it. Sorry. Okay. Sorry. So my darling son, I love you if you're listening. So basically, she threw her shoulder out the other day, and then she did something else. Oh, no. Go ahead. No, no. Totally fine. Go ahead and tell that story. It's okay. So she, she threw her shoulder out from sneezing. Yeah. No, I'm not kidding. I sneezed, and my entire upper arm came out. And then she did it again when she was taking her bra off, she said. Seriously, sports bras are evil. Who the <laughs> hell decided that we're going to make this very tight band underneath big round things that you're going to have to try to pull over your I actually got stuck, stupid. <laughs> I had my this is awful. It has nothing to do with anything, but go ahead and laugh at me anyway. Um, I, I got like halfway off and my arm was like stuck in this one position because the, the brachius was completely out of the shoulder ball. And I'm like, the most pitiful thing ever. Like, definitely not hot times there. I'm like, you need to help me get my bra off. This is like romance and marriage right here. So this is this the is The mating thing. call of EDS. Help me get my bra off, honey, before I dislocate something else. So this is what we're talking about, though, you know, that... that Life is difficult for us sometimes. So much, but hilarious. <laughs> yeah. So since I told your embarrassing story, I'll tell my embarrassing okay, story. Okay, for it. So I know this is completely off topic, but hey, we're doing this. I fixed uh, gumbo the other night, and I had andouille sausage in it, and I didn't read the label close enough and missed one of the dairy ingredients that has a long chemical-ish name. And I had it for dinner. I woke up at 1. I was in the bathroom from 1 to 4. I was awake. I went. I tried to sleep from four to five. I woke up at five thirty. Was in the bathroom until seven thirty. He will not give you any further details other yeah, than no. It I was, was in the bathroom awful. the whole time. It was awful. Um, in the course of twenty four hours, I think I if I unless I lost track of one of the times, I went to the bathroom about twenty six times in a twenty four hour period. Okay. 
that so hurts. now that we've embarrassed ourselves, <laughs> we're going to get back on topic. Yes, back on topic. <laughs> Sorry. But um, first off, for people who actually fake disabilities to get government disability, I want to meet them. And it's not for the reasons you might think. I am so curious. This, how they manage it. How? I, I, I'm disabled. My mom had to, with me, for almost 30 hours a week for three or four weeks. We didn't hire a lawyer for this. We, we went through the first round. We only had to go through one round. Um, but to collect everything, to fill out the forms, I was completely unable to do this on my own. My mom is a rock star superhero and helped me through this. If you are smart enough to game this system, why aren't you running a company? I mean, oh my God, there are way more profitable ways for you to use this intelligence on how to get through bureaucracy and red tape. If you are this good, here is my plea to you. If you are smart enough to game the system, I'm begging knock that off, and then start a business as a consultant to help others who actually are disabled to get their disability because you could seriously do some good karma and atone and make money (laughs) by helping people get through this disability paperwork. If you think you've seen bureaucracy through DMV or IRS, no, you haven't. Not even close. <laughs> it is the most demoralizing experience I have had. And I've had many, many doctors with big sad eyes uh, tell me how bad things are going to be. Nothing was as demoralizing as going through disability. And the reason that is so hard is because there are people who do fake it. And I still don't understand why. There's not the money I get from disability if I was not married. Yeah. I would never be able to afford to feed my children and pay rent. It would not be possible. I couldn't even, yeah. I probably couldn't even make it myself with the amount I get for disability. Mm-hmm. So why? Why would people do this? It makes it so hard for I people who need it. It's know. not that big of a payoff. It's incredibly difficult to do. And you could use those smarts to do something really amazing and far more profitable. Like, come on. <laughs> okay, that was my rant. I'm done. Okay, so the next topic is we're going to eventually even more, even more um, <laughs> controversial than we've talked about so far. So Don't yell at us, we're sick. Yeah. So in researching this, I came across an article, and I, I think I read it three different times to make sure that I fully grokked, sorry, understood what, what it was going on about. And, it's, and gave me a few what-the-fuck texts. Yeah, I did. Yeah. Um, so it, there is a condition out there. Uh, psychological condition um, that has been around since uh, the early 20th century, according to my research. It was originally called Abbasophilia? Abbasophilia? That almost sounds like then a it... pretty little girl's name. Like, <laughs> <laughs> please, don't have that name trend for little girls. <laughs> then it was called Amputee Identity Disorder, Body, body Integrity Identity Disorder. Let me try that again. Amputee Identity Disorder, then it was called Body Integrity Identity Disorder, and now it's called Transableism. What it is are... It is, a lot of syllables. That's what that is. <laughs> it is people who feel that they are disabled, though they are not. And then they, they seek ways to become disabled. Um, the story I read talked about people who have intentionally amputated... Arms, legs, um, worn braces to force their body to be broken. 
so that they could be in a wheelchair. They could be the disabled person that they always thought they were, which again, we've talked on here lots of times about how many struggles we have as, you know, people who are especially invisible disabilities. I can't, I I have a hard time imagining someone wanting to be like this. Well, I mean, uh, first off, we do give a good face for disability, and we are we are fun, happy, adorable, <laughs> fantastic role models for disability, right? Uh, no, it's totally kidding. But um, what the hell? <laughs> so yeah, I actually forgot one too. I, I remembered the people with empty arms, legs, all this stuff, but I forgot about the woman who poured bleach in her eyes so she could be blind. I, why? I, okay, now if you are, if this is something you identify with and this is tormenting and torturing you and we are not being empathetic enough, I'm actually really sorry. I, I Honestly, sincerely sorry. Yes. I, I'm not understanding this. And that's 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 exactly what I'm bringing up. It, I, I don't understand this because as someone who has a disability, who fights to deal with things every day i can't imagine someone wanting to be like this yeah I mean, my son calls me uh, what is it terminally del- cheerful or um relentlessly optimistic that's yes. what he calls me um that's hard fucking one <laughs> like yeah. that is hardly that is that's very um hard fought for and any um coolness that i <laughs> tend to radiate from any of this any of the sarcastic fun um, it does not come from a happy place. It is clawing my way through. So that's why this really just baffles me. And if you identify with this, please comment with us. Yes, please. We'd and like to hear because I, I want to understand this because the thing that Or if bothered, you're going to be interviewed, please, yes. please contact us and we, we will not be mean. No. We, we, we tend to only be mean and just and fun. Um, yeah. But we honestly do want to understand this because... I, you know, when people tell me, oh, you're inspiring or so brave, it's like, I didn't have a choice. Right. No one gave me that box to, like, check. So I, it's like, I don't understand, like, feeling super proud of myself for something I was born with. I mean, maybe my attitude is okay, but I'm not courageous. I would never have checked disabled if I had had an option. No one gave me this option. And And the thing that, that bothers me, the only thing that bothers me about it is the... Funds and the services for people with disabilities is constantly being reduced. And so, you know, there's already this struggle and fight to get services, get money, get, you know, help in any way. One of the two parking spaces in any major parking lot, which only has two or three. And I, I, I understand that this is a way that this person feels, but... If you if they do follow through and blind themselves, maim themselves in some way, take off an arm or leg, they're now vying for those same parking spaces, those same services that people who didn't have a choice need. Yeah, we're not talking about rights here because you know one person getting <laughs> rights does not take your rights away necessarily, but this is taking away resources. This is. This is actually removing that extra parking spot, that extra bathroom. The uh, funds for whatever yeah. that, you know, treatments or, or, you know, pain, you know, I don't know. I, yeah, I, we're just honestly super baffled. And again, if you want to come on the show and talk about this, um, Please, we're pretty easy to, to contact. I, I'm very, very curious and super lost. I, I can't imagine checking this box willingly. Like, 
and it, it, it is considered a psychological issue where this person feels, you know, the article was very clear, you know, the people feel that they were born into a wrong body, no different than someone who is transgender. Ah. That's, that's the way it put it in the thing, is that it, it, they feel they're in the wrong body. And they were, they were comparing the two as feeling like you're in the wrong body. And I get that, but like I said, services and resources are being taken away from people if they follow through with it. And I don't, I, I can't wrap my head around that. I, I'm so lost because like being in the wrong gender, um, that's different. Like that's not, well, I mean, unless you want to talk about wage gaps and going male to female, we're not talking about limiting your life, you know, like you still travel and work and all these other things. Like I, I can understand, you know, that, uh, I, to a degree, I think, maybe. I mean, as much as I can without being so. But to sign up for being disabled is signing up to completely limit your life. Anyone who's been in a wheelchair and tried to get around a city or a mall or anything, like just getting to the bathroom from a wheelchair or trying to cook from a wheelchair, how, by the way, super dangerous <laughs> to get from a wheelchair. Um, I don't get signing up for it for something that's that limiting and difficult like i i'm so lost i'm sorry we're, we're gonna the, move the, on topic the, the mind is a very interesting organ the brain is a very interesting organ in i'm, I'm that's all i'm gonna say on that but, <laughs> but, but we would love uh, experts to talk to us please, about this because yes. this is just our opinions so um the the last thing that we're going to hit on is the effects of people faking um we've kind of covered a little bit of this but i want to really talk about Specific effects of people faking disabilities, faking service animals, etc. Well, you have some good um, numbers here. I mean, the, the yeah. increase from 2002 um, to 2012 in California. The registered therapy dogs or emotional support animals increased 1,000% between 2002 and 2012 here in California. 2000 Or 1,000% in 10 years. That's a huge jump. That's a lot of... Um, trained animals in the general population like okay so here's just a little example of how this can go really wrong i was at the farmer's market and to support dogs not service dogs support dogs were there and they tried to attack each other wow. now i can't imagine that was very helpful for someone who had an anxiety and had a service dog it certainly wasn't helpful to these small children who were running around the farmer's market who could have gotten involved in this and yeah. hurt um, that's a lot of unpredictable animals out being in general population. Yeah. Um, yeah. The, the thing that, like you said, that what they're doing is creating a distrust of service animals in general. And for people who do have an invisible disability, like, you know, that they would need an emotional support animal or whatever, it lends people to even... I mean, we already have trouble with people thinking we're not really sick because we don't look sick. But when people have fake these things, it just adds more fuel to that fire that, oh, we're just faking it. Because these people are faking, and that's what we see. It's, it, it's anecdotal. That, you know, everybody has that anecdotal of, I've seen this person faking. I've seen this person faking. And so... Oh, and when, if you think anecdotal isn't a problem, just refer back to 2016. No, oh, jeez. <laughs> Sorry, I couldn't help it. Yeah, you, you, you could have, really. <sighs> All right. 
Um, to take your emotional support animal on an airplane, all you need is a letter from a licensed mental health professional that's on letterhead signed and less than a year old. But you can buy those online for a few bucks. News investigations have found psychologists offering to sell them to otherwise undiagnosed clients. Um, and it says, the article said, heck, even most of us could do that on Photoshop. Create one on Photoshop. Uh, Photoshop, not that difficult. Um, yeah. But, but, here's the nice thing. <laughs> uh, there's a bright, a, a brightly ray of light here. Yeah, I need the California currently has a $1,000 fine and six months in jail for faking a service dog. In Florida, it's $500 and two months in jail. Okay, see, first off, I, that does not count as a ray of light to me because you can, the things you could go to jail a lot longer for or true, a lot true. less for would make no sense in this context, and that, that annoys me, especially as a woman. Um, That's true, but it, it, at least people are trying to do something about the, because like I said, if there's I'm a thousand the percent. Fine. I'm just not good with the jail time. Like, that fine should go towards, like, but the thing Making is, more like ADA compliant buildings. The thing is, some people and some people, especially rich people, would go, "Oh, the thousand dollar fine is worth it to be able to take my dog with me everywhere if I get caught." But jail time—that that will stop people. That will actually make people go, "Ooh, maybe I shouldn't do this." Jail has almost never stopped anyone from doing something. <laughs> I'm talking about people that have the money that the fine isn't an issue okay. for. Like okay. the, like the, I hate to use this example, but the women who have the little toy dog in their purse that take it over because it's their emotional support animal when it really isn't. And, you know, if they're going to find, you know, like the Paris Hilton types, you know, it, but, you know, the thousand dollar fine. We're not picking on you, Paris, no, I no. promise. The, we don't know you. A thousand dollar fine is nothing, but jail time would actually. Kind of maybe give them pause. That's what I'm saying. Pause? Oh, jeez. <laughs> uh, this is what I live with, people. He I does deal not with, live with me, well, by the way. But this is what I deal with. deal with me off. Sorry, I do not live with her. No. God, no. I would go crazy in like five minutes. We do well in short bursts. Um, <laughs> oh, I was going to say something. It just ran away. Oh, um, <laughs> love you too. God, he's, he's snippy today. You've been so nice. Um, I understand... The want to have your animal with you all the time. And if you do have an emotional issue, I totally get the anxiety and like oh, petting yeah. the dog. Like they've been using them in courts to help the kids be able to testify. Mm -hmm. They, one of my friend's um, daughters was going through a PhD program. They had puppies on the campus for after <laughs> tests. I personally awesome. think that there, every high school should have an emotional support dog in the counseling office so kids can go and snuggle it. These all seem like very appropriate things to me. Um, and, uh, people wanting a dog on flights, especially with how dangerous it is to store your dog on the plane. I get that. But almost every airline will allow your dog even without a support registry. If you pay for it, I had to pay when I brought my pug home because she sat in my lap and I had that to That only pay. works for animals that are small enough to sit in your lap. Yeah. Exactly. Which is why, you know, maybe, you know, I certainly would not bring Kirk on a flight. <laughs> That, for so many reasons. So I promise many, you, you'll so never see my lovely, nervous shepherd. My shepherd needs an emotional support dog. Is kind of what this I comes thought that's down what the to. pug was. No, she's a chew toy. <laughs> <laughs> no, I swear he does not. My dog does not abuse the little puppy. They do. They wrestle their siblings. They, mm. they have sibling fights. I'm going to get in so much trouble. I will shut up. Mm. So, Yeah. <laughs> 
He's giving me this withering look. I'm not giving you a withering look. Uh-huh. I just want to stay on topic and we're almost done. Okay, so we will, we will wrap up. What this basically comes down to is faking a disability is not without consequences for you and certainly not for those who have no choice but to be disabled. There are many of us who have no decisions in this. We would have definitely chosen to be healthy if we could. And yeah. anyone who is gaming this system is is really um, taking a lot away from everyone. Yes. Including the ability to move safely in, in real world, <laughs> outside of our houses and apartments. Yeah. And it's, you know, having watched several members of my family do this growing up, when my uncle was disabled, would take his placard and, and go run errands and stuff like this. It's always been something that bothered me. And he and I actually, before he passed away, had a very long talk, talk about this one day. About, he didn't care. I'm like, well, you know, what about somebody else who's going out and needs to run these errands? And that was when it kind of hit him that, oh, wow, yeah, you're right. I shouldn't let them do this. So then, of course, I was well, I was in deep shit with my aunt who was constantly <sighs> borrowing it because he wouldn't let her borrow it anymore. <laughs> oh, look at you changing the world one placard <laughs> at a time. <laughs> yeah. No, it just, it kind of comes down to... What I've been seeing a lot of people saying online, which is, I don't know how to make you understand you need to care for others. And that's yeah. kind of what this comes down to is, it is that it's not about your convenience. It's about our safety. Yes. So not you in general. I know you listeners probably would never do anything like this. No. Um, but if you have family members or friends who are doing things like this, that's just uh, kind of what it comes down to is our safety should absolutely supersede someone's convenience. Yes. Is that a good note to end it on? That's a good note to end it on. All right, then I think that our tagline has never been more accurate. Oh, yes. <laughs> be kind. Be gentle. And be a fucking badass. Be a and fucking badass. Share this episode, press subscribe, and see us next week.